welcome to Your On Mute, the podcast where we discuss how the intersection of advertising, technology, and the internet is shaping the world around us and impacting our daily lives. This is episode, I don't even know what episode this is, Steve. What episode is this? I believe this is episode 10. Whoa, all right. Episode 10. Lucky number 10. Yes. Uh, for those of you who are not aware, Philadelphia, uh, my personal opinion is the reason uh, why we may have a new president in 2021. Uh, and there's a lot of work that was done on the ground, a lot of work that was done neighborhood to neighborhood, neighbor to neighbor, um, to really increase voter turnout, the most we've ever had in the state, the city, the country, um, which is great, but also um, to push us into a point where Philadelphia became the epicenter of um, of the new election. We thought it was apropos to bring someone uh, with a political um, interest and background and workload uh, specifically someone from Philadelphia. Uh, we talked with John Geening about some of the tactics that he uses uh, for Philadelphia 3.0, which is a, an organization that really looks to elevate specific candidates running for political office, a lot of them local ward level offices um, through funding and crowdsourcing uh, and community building. Uh, he also has a lot of interesting talents in terms of political writing um, he used to be a journalist or still is a journalist. Um, he sends, you know, these great emails uh, to inform neighbors, people in Philadelphia about happenings um, uh, in the political world uh, and also uses his powers for additional good uh, in terms of changing the physical landscape of Philadelphia. Some of the different ways he's used uh, his writing skills, his social media and his community building skills uh, to create really interesting um, pedestrian pathways in other ways in which he's worked with the city, uh, the city government to create these these spaces and these experiences for the the community at large. Uh, obviously, John is not just one man. He 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 works with a lot of different people uh, and is working uh, in, to do good across the uh, the landscape of Philadelphia. Um, so we had him on our show, and uh, we had a great conversation about all the things I just mentioned. Uh, hi, everybody. I'm, I'm John Geating. I am the uh, director of engagement at Philadelphia 3.0. And uh, I'm a writer and uh, activist and organizer here in Philadelphia. Thank you, John, for coming on our podcast. Um, and so we wanted to have some conversations with you about local politics, um, community organizing, how technology and how social media and how a lot of the things that are newer tools to a very uh, old um, industry are, are really impacting your and your colleagues kind of everyday life. Um, and so I want to kind of kick things off and just what is Philadelphia 3.0 and kind of give us an overview of what what goes on there. Sure. So uh, Philadelphia 3.0 is a political action committee and, and nonprofit uh, advocacy organization in Philadelphia that's um, you know, it's really in, uh, about, about city council elections. Uh, we're, we're interested in, you know, making city council elections here more competitive um, and just, uh, you know, establishing more of a, a competitive politics uh, in general. You know, you know, for a long time, there's been like a culture where like people don't want to run against incumbents and, mm -hmm. and there's a really like a kind of wait your turn kind of mentality. And, uh, and it had resulted in, you know, Philadelphia having one of the, the oldest and longest serving city councils in the country of, of any big city. And so uh, that's a, a dynamic that we were hoping to uh, shake up, you know, that having a more dynamic uh, politics around, around city council uh, results in, in people being uh, more attentive and, and more um, focused on, on what people care about and, and responsive to um, what people need. And, and, and so we're trying to bring about, you know, kind of more of a, a modern politics and, 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 uh, pull Philadelphia into the 21st century on that front, and and yeah. I think after this after this city uh, council election cycle back back in 2019, um, we've started to see uh, more of that. You know, um, we, there there are a number of uh, people who got elected that cycle. Uh, we had supported uh, Jamie Gaudier, and so that's that's what we do. We um, we run uh, independent expenditure campaigns on behalf of. Uh, city council candidates, mostly challengers, you know, with the with the goal of creating a path to to victory for for council candidates that that hadn't really been uh, tried or or uh, people hadn't succeeded with until um, just just pretty recently. 
So you guys are kind of giving them the extra little boost and kind of pulling people together who may not have a path to support a particular candidate or, or particular policies and kind of you're being the magnet, so to speak, to make that kind of happen. Yeah, the, the council cycle is is every four years, right? And and so um, we're only involved in in the elections every four years. But between there, you know, we're we're involved in a number of different efforts, uh, mostly around big structural change issues, but for local government um, in terms of transparency um, and election reform. And uh, so, you know, we had um, uh, a couple of years ago a campaign. Uh, where we were uh, trying to uh, get the city to eliminate the the office of the city commissioners, which um, are election officials that they're separate from the mayor. You know, in this recent election, kind of did what did the best that they could with uh, a bad system. Yeah. You know, there's like just a lot of like bad structural uh, problems, kind of cutting against. Um, the ability to be effective in that. And yeah, so that's, you know, that's like an example of something that we've we've focused on um, trying to create a new mayor's office of elections. But we're also going to be involved in like city council redistricting uh, advocacy, which uh, kicks off next year after okay. we get the new census numbers. Um, <laughs> right. We're going to be involved in, um, you know, we have poll worker elections and uh, party elections coming up for, um, you know, Democratic and Republican committee people uh, elections in 2022. That's like kind of the lowest level of like grassroots organizing you can really do. So that's that's kind of where where we live around like the structure and governance uh, type of issues and um, trying to make a difference on that front. Yeah. And, and again, uh, specifically focusing on the the election committee that that you you just spoke about. I mean, that's obviously always important. You've probably been been working on that that effort for a while, but it seems like it, this election cycle kind of came to a head in terms of uh, of that particular department and the people within it, I guess you could say, right? Yeah, absolutely. They're putting the spotlight more than they normally would have been nationally for Philadelphia specifically. So, Right. Well, um, the whole right, the whole national spotlight was really on Philadelphia uh, this cycle. And well, this was the first year that we were doing vote by mail elections right. at all. Yeah. Um, and they did it in the in the in the spring uh, for the primary, but it wasn't near the volume, the, you know, the volume of turnout and they hadn't rolled out the things like the satellite election offices or the drop boxes or anything like that. Like we, they were all, you know, rolling them out in like the highest turnout cycle there is and you know, <laughs> ever yeah. high stakes election at the top. And like, you know, under, under the circumstances, it all seemed to go uh, pretty smoothly, at least as far as the outcome. But, you know, in the in the process, I think there's like still a lot of things going on, like in our neighborhood, Devin, like we had uh, two voting machines out. at oh, yeah, and These are like brand new voting machines. And like I've heard about machines, you know, malfunction like all over the city. Like we just got these things. There just wasn't like a lot of accountability around that. So like that's like an example. So you think it's going to help your argument in your fight, I'm assuming, after this this cycle (laughs) to figure out, you know, hey, like this was a huge stress test. And also there's these other historical things and that we've have been pointing out as as issues. Right. So I think what's probably most important of all is that we, uh, you know, we we use this as a moment to reexamine everything that we're doing and um, trying to make all the different parts work together and really kind of embrace like an ethos of like continuous improvement rather than kind of getting like defensive about, you know, how, how everything usually operates. Yeah. I always feel, you know, that, I mean, even like highly technological organizations struggle to, to make good decisions in terms of like technology investments. And um, I figure these organizations, you know, the ones that are, you know, choosing the voting machines. I, I don't even know how they go through a process to do that. It seems, it seems uh, very challenging. Um, yeah. I was going to ask. So, um, how 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 have you guys run your your outreach this year? You know, what kind of tools were you using to 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 get your message out there? And 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 was it different than it's been in the past? Philadelphia 3.0 only ran an election effort in the 2019 city council race. So we didn't, we weren't active like in an electoral sense this year. Um, but we did put out, you know, a lot of, a lot of content. Um, I, I still do a lot of writing. I'm a, I'm a former journalist. Um, and I, I do a lot of, um, you know, like opinion writing. Um, we've co-published things with the Philadelphia citizen, but we also have like our own, uh, website and newsletter. Um, we do a weekly, politics newsletter um 
and and so I you know I was I was mainly uh, you know doing a lot of content and reporting and analysis of this stuff for um, for our audience, which is a lot of grassroots activists. You know, we had we had done a campaign uh, back in 2018, getting a lot of people to run for uh, these ward elections that I was talking about, the party elections, um, where people run at like the precinct level, you know, like a few blocks around your house. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got like a, uh, almost a couple couple hundred people elected through that process. I mean, they got themselves elected, but we helped like provide a system where you know, people would be kind of walked through through that at points. Like I, I was active in a personal capacity um, in the election, like, um, I'm, I'm an elected, uh, democratic committee person in our precinct here, um, with, along with my neighbor, Mara. Um, and you know, we, we're in charge of get out the vote for our division, but also like, we're part of this like 18th ward Democrats, um, uh, party organization at the ward level. And, and there's a lot of pe- new people involved in that, um, who had gotten elected, uh, in 2018 and in the same year um, kind of ran together for um, for seats there and um, and so we've been you know trying to do more of a modern kind of political operation uh, in in the ward and and really um, it's, we haven't been like oppositional with like the the city party but like we're, we're we've been kind of doing our own thing as far as get out the vote plans and you know we we raised enough money to send out a mailer um to neighbors on our own without you know having to rely on the party for that and um and there's more like sophistication i think within the committee on like um political using political data and voting data to be able to like target what we're uh, what we're doing and so you know other other wards in the city um, who also have, you know, uh, people involved who are more uh, sort of uh, proficient with data or, or digital marketing uh, are, do- are doing a good job at uh, using new tools to perfect an older system of uh, neighbor to neighbor contact, one to one communication, but at scale um, with, with a pretty small number of people being able to reach a really wide um, audience of people to, to do things like increase voter turnout and, and things like that. And so you mentioned two topics there we want to dive into. The first one in terms of obviously there's people in, in smaller neighborhoods who are already activists who already want to be a part of this of the system and become even personally involved in terms of becoming, you know, a, you know, a committee leader or different types of, of, of public service acts. Mm-hmm. And so in terms of this being a pandemic election year, right? Yeah. Um, the use of social media, the use of email, I even know during election day, I was even seeing some emails fly through about just like, you know, I'm at this particular polling site. That's how I found out that this particular particular polling um, machine was down. And so there's, there's a lot of communication. Obviously, that has to be done through digital means and device means um, and social means. And I'm just curious if there's anything that's that you guys had to ramp up in terms of using different social media networks. Um, you talked about you know, developing a plan of action for a particular candidate that wants to run for some level of office. Um, is there a specific playbook that you guys utilize? There's a specific network that you've created. Um, just trying to talk about, you know, some of the grassroots efforts, but using a, you know, a device or using technological means to, um, to push that out there specifically because it's also a pandemic. The modern campaigns that have been successful, I think have used a layer to layered communications approach that combines digital ads, uh, mail, door knocking, um, and, you know, getting, getting people from, from a variety of different angles and all the different sorts of information sources that they could, um, they could receive. And, and so, um, you know, applying that to this, you know, this is, this is all stuff that's been in in effect in like, higher level campaigns for president and things like that. But what you're seeing, I think is a lot of the same kinds of campaign um, strategies applied with more and more sophistication at, at a local level where, when the districts are smaller, you, you know, you can have like a, a greater level, level of, of precision and, and targeting. Um, it's really about like, you know, forming these activist networks of people who have prior relationships. Philadelphia has like a network of like, neighborhood civic associations, um, sometimes called registered community organizations. And, and so like I'm involved in one of these uh, Fishtown neighbors association, but for these, like, I think, you know, Slack is a popular tool. Uh, Google groups are a popular tool. Um, you know, for, for trying to enable like 
these like small networks to like internally communicate with one another um, outside of just having like a monthly meeting or something. You know, I feel like there's like always a lot going on, especially with like these like neighborhood level organizations, like the drama never stops. Devin, you're on, you know, our Fishtown Facebook group. There's always yeah. sort of controversy of the day. Uh, the snitch pages, they're, they're getting crazy. Yeah. Neighborhood Facebook groups, I mean, I think are like a very underrated part. It's the new message board. It's the new, it's the new aim. It's great. It's, it's so funny since Devin mentioned uh, local Facebook groups to me, I've been trying to find like local Facebook groups and I can't find any, I can't find any where I am now. I can't, I can't find any back in San Francisco. No, the only thing I can find out here was like a, like a buy sell group. Um, So I, I, I joined a bunch of classified groups and then there's a, a bunch of, you know, 20 somethings, you know, looking for roommates Hmm. Um, and I'm just like, this, this is not helping me. Maybe it's a uh, thing. Maybe it's a it, it thing. could be, it could Maybe be, although I, I, I get the, uh, next door that, that, but next door, at least in, in San Francisco is mostly, uh, people complaining about homeless people. Um, yeah, yeah. It's not very, it's very, not very dissimilar in, in Philly. It's just not necessarily homeless people. It's just complaining about people that they shouldn't be complaining about. Right. Yeah. I mean, like, like posting in those groups is not like really doing politics you're not like you know it's it is and it isn't like you it's good for like kind of like social what what is termed like social listening i don't know if that's like a yeah something that's in your field here that i was introduced to that in in you know a political campaign context yeah, like extracting data from different types of sentiments and everything that you know based on a large swath of people talking about a particular topic right right so the like that's that stuff is useful for for that for like getting a sense of where people are and it what i find is that it's also very useful for finding your people for for different kinds of you know political endeavors for better um, or for worse yeah for better or for worse <laughs> yes like uh, a few... i feel like that's a big thing about facebook is you find oh, only yeah. your people you do. <laughs> it <laughs> opens the whatever the, more possible yeah whatever 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 it is you're into that's all you're gonna see yeah yeah that's bad and facebook overall i think is probably pretty bad but but um but it, what it is useful for is like especially for like hyper local actions um the inner the interplay between uh, neighborhood Facebook groups and like email list building mm-hmm. and like base building for different kinds of causes or issues. Like Devin, you may remember this, like uh, back a few years ago, um, somebody was trying to put in a, a beer garden, a temporary beer garden for the summer oh, on yeah. a lot uh, mm-hmm. around the corner from my house. Um, it was going to be great. Uh, I, I have a couple of little kids and like, yeah, I mean, when you could still like go out to places like that. Um, uh, the, yes. good, the good old days when yeah. you could just hang out in a beer garden. <laughs> yeah, it's like enclosed. It's like sort of like a park. But, you know, like a, a number of like neighbors came out against it. And like, you know, a, a few of them had like uh, had just had babies. The back of their house like was going to like face this thing. And like they were like, hell no. And um, but like I thought this thing was a good idea. And so like I tried to do a little like counter organizing and like you know one there was like a post about it in like the neighborhood facebook group um you know with a bunch of people you know lining up on either side of this but like i I literally went through the comments and i like facebook messaged every single person who said they liked this idea and asked them for their email address and i I made like a hundred person email list out of this thing um that i was going to use then to like get people to come out to the public meeting for it. And so I do a lot of stuff like that where like Facebook doesn't make it easy for you to like capture engagement from groups into like a CRM or something. But if you're like a crazy person (laughs) who wants to do like public meeting turnout um, Mm -hmm. for, for like a a very niche issue like that, um, you know, so you can, now you can do other yeah. organizing. It's like, I don't have to go door to door. I just like Facebook message people. There you go. How, yeah. What percentage of people after being asked on Facebook did gave you their email address? Uh, a lot. Over half, like over half, uh, uh, probably. It's just, it's, it's pretty effective. If you, you know, if you tell them, Hey, there's going to be a public meeting about this thing coming up, like in a couple weeks, um, 
you know, do you want me to let you know when the meeting is so you can show up? Every now and then there will be like a thread about something where like it's so clear, like uh, people people who like one thing may also like, you know, X, Y, Z. And that's like a even if it's like something that's kind of like silly, um, it's like a guide to how they're going to land on like all kinds of other. Yeah, I mean, Facebook's essentially for this, a lot of those people, it's like because it's a profile, it's become like their social and ethical profile right to a certain degree for a lot of these people who are, who are who are commenting and who are involved like they're gonna wear their you know whatever on their sleeve as much as they can in a lot of these groups uh yeah and, and as john is saying there's i mean steve there's a lot of groups in our just our neighborhood and because you can validate who the person is like you can go and see who john is and see what he's into you can kind of validate he's he's not full of shit to a certain degree um but there is a lot of people who, who are you <laughs> yeah what yeah, yeah. I mean, but so it's, but it's like, you can also do the same thing. Like on your end, if you're trying to collect a group of people who have, you know, X, Y, and Z kind of overlap um, or deltas, you you can do that just by looking at their interests and even like their entertainment interests. Like a lot of them correlate um, specifically in this neighborhood. There's a lot of tropes that people fall into for, you know, again, not, not to slant anyone in any sort of way, but um, Facebook makes those very accentuated. And I feel like it's easier to, to, to identify the people that, will give you their email address, I think. Yeah. It's very interesting. I mean, I, I used to do, you know, back in the olden days, pre-Facebook social media, you could do a lot of, I mean, not political community building, but actual like community building and, um, you know, on forums and, and stuff. But like now, I mean, 95% of the comment section on any, anywhere is just caustic. I, I don't even know how you can, how you can have like, even places that I, like I, I read a lot of travel blogs. I, I used to love to travel back when we were allowed to travel. And even those are just filled with just like caustic crap. You know, it's like politics and hatred are everywhere. So just the idea that you could go through the comments and, and like build a group of like-minded people and get emails. It's, just, it's, it's like such an interesting concept in this day and age. I thought people were too jaded for that crap. There, there is some jadedness, but I think there's like a lot of like earnestness too, especially when like, you know, the value proposition is, I mean, it, it's it, like, like being able to like sway a vote at like a neighborhood public meeting is like a fairly easy organizing ask. And like, um, you know, I, I see why people are like cynical about their ability to affect the, like the presidential race or something but like when you get down to like this like very low level where like if you got 12 people to show up to a meeting every time you'd get your way like most of the time and so um you know there's there's like a payoff for doing like a little bit of that um i mean as far as like you know like not not so not so political um uh, applications of this like you know for fishtown neighbors association we use a crm uh, nation builder that uh we use for like uh email volunteer recruitment uh and like a sign up forum uh donations and um and like member management committee management and things like that and that's been great for like you know like processing like new volunteers like we get like a few volunteers to like sign up like you know every week two or three people every week will sign up on our site you have to like go in and talk to these people right away. Otherwise, like, you know, they just kind of sit in your database and they don't really, um, you know, nothing really happens. You know, I've been able to like substantially sort of like automate um, like that process as far as like the initial like schedule and outreach uh, opportunity and and make that like less of a pain. I feel like that's like something that's like really um, taken some of the pain out of doing like neighborhood organizing because I I just don't even know how like people would have would have done this in the past without like Facebook. It's just like impossible to imagine like keeping track of all that engagement info without like a CRM kind of tool. Do, do you think that's easier on the local level versus like the, the, the larger levels in terms of, I mean, look, I mean, anyone can run a database, but like in terms of actually like interacting with and, and getting people to, to act versus, you know, just ask for money. I mean, I, I was right. talking to you. I'm just reminded, you know, when I was like 16, like I joined Greenpeace, I sent them $20 and I kept expecting them to send me something and say, Hey, on Tuesday, we're going to save the whales be here. And all <laughs> they ever, all they ever sent me was, can you send another $20? <laughs> 
right? <laughs> yeah, that's the challenge. Like get, getting it, trying to get like like somebody to become like a sustained volunteer in your organization who can like keep track of everything and like and and you don't lose them after um you know like one or two meetings that's like a real a real challenge that like i haven't mastered yet and like i'm i'm involved in a number of organizations and i don't think that i've seen like too many of them like really master that yet um it's just like hard to get people involved and like keep them involved and um you know it takes sometimes people are just kind of like like weird activists um by nature and like are like very committed to it but like um yeah i don't know it's 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 hard to do it's understandable though because again you're you're essentially like again steve and i work with really big corporations and you know they have similar challenges you know they have millions of people in their database and they have to create a very similar like sequence of events to get you further down the funnel x y or z make you a loyalist you know that kind of stuff but i mean that's it's different in the same, but I feel like, you know, local politics, even from my own personal experience, be a fish on neighborhood association, you know, uh, you know, member of one of their committees, it's politics in local government is so slow. So slow. <laughs> it's I so know. underfunded. And it's yeah. like, it really frustrated me to a point where I, you know, I was, again, I was part of the beautification committee, right? Where we, yep. you know, we make the city more beautiful. <laughs> right. And my right. Contr- contribution was making a postcard be sent to people who recently have, we, we know have bought a house in Fishtown to welcome them to the neighborhood, but also like, Hey, here's this thing, FNA. Right. Show up. Mm-hmm. It's, which was great. But like the fact that we couldn't get funding to do X, Y, or Z and like how slow the politics went again, I am one of those people who, who are a statistic that fell off. Um, I'm on the email list, but I ignore them. I feel bad saying that, but it's, it's true, right? No, no, no. Yeah. But like, that's, that's just what happens. But look, look at all the engagement we're having now. That's true. <laughs> on this podcast. Um, yeah, no, I mean the, that, that's, I mean, that project is a, is a great one that's like, uh, continued on and I think has, uh, you know, been successful. Like we get good feedback about it. A lot, um, and we I still also see it. the people who run it are literally my neighbors down the street. So, Steve, that's why this is such a different vibe because like I see their emails, I see them commenting on Facebook, and I literally see their faces because they live a block away from me. It's not a negative thing; it's just like that. Those touches, those organic touches in a local organization or a local neighborhood is it's weird, but it's also I think effective. Yeah, I, I do a much better job than than you do, obviously, of ignoring my neighbors. <laughs> um, I just, I just, you know, uh, I. Uh, I've I've managed to 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 avoid that completely, but do you know um, your neighbors? I'm just not to divert, but Steve, do you know your, your neighbors on either side of you, or even across the street? Um, so so like, do you have their I phone know, numbers in your phone? I you know I think my wife probably does. Okay. Like yeah. like there's you know like I, I also have kids, and and when you have kids, like you know the neighbors who have kids on the block, we know, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the neighbors that don't have kids. Um, we are, are, I know less, um, you know, my, my wife's more of the, the, the neighborhood person, you know, when the, when the, when the fence between our backyard and the, uh, and the park behind our house came down, she was the one, you know, who went to the city council and yelled at them to put the fence back up. (laughs) Um, That's, that's her thing. I, I, uh, you know, I, I avoid people at all costs, but, um, but it, it, it's just, it's just really fascinating how, um, you know, and, and maybe, maybe it's different in, um, in Philly than it is in San Francisco. Um, but maybe not, maybe it's just me. <laughs> maybe I'm just a grumpy. You're just kind of like all on top of each other and, <laughs> and like kind of can't help, but like getting in people's business. I know it, the Facebook thing is, it's crazy. Like I remember back in like, you know, the 20 early, like 2010s when like people were, were, were talking about maybe we should make people put their real names in uh you know in the comment section of like newspaper websites so that they'll have they'll be forced to be nicer and like we did that and it's facebook and people are nastier when it's their real names than than ever and (laughs) no restraint it's crazy well i think it's just like it's like the inside your car like road rage syndrome right it's like you they can see you and you're yelling at these people saying again i think it's like what is it louis ck skit or something where it's like you say the most like crazy things in your car to someone who's right there and they're side of the glass facebook is just that but you're just sitting in your home versus sitting in your car yeah it's just such an interesting dynamic because you know now that everyone like in the known universe is in the same place, um, 
all, all of the little bits of dysfunction that existed in the in the whole concept of online communication just really come out, you know. Um, and, and when you don't see, I mean, it's proven if you're not looking at the person in front of you, like your ability to be nasty is 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 way higher. Um, you know, you don't even like talking to someone; you're just typing. You just you know, you, the the only, the only person in the room is you laughing at yourself uh, and your wittiness. It's very it's very challenging. Yeah. Maybe it's just me. No, <laughs> no I, I, it's very relatable. I, I see it online all the time and people just like, uh, yeah, just like don't really hold back. Um, and then you see these people in person and like they would never say that to you. I don't know. One time for I, I one of the one of the Facebook groups that I help moderate as uh, a political group in uh, in Philly of, of a lot of like campaign people and stuff. And um and somebody once had the idea that we never did, but I always thought it was good that like there should be an annual event where we keep track of like the worst comments from the whole page and like people have to like do dramatic readings of them <laughs> to the, the people they were directed at as a as a sort of disincentive to to be a jerk to people. Well, you could do like Shakespeare in the park, but with like, you know, uh, <laughs> like comment threads on like on like on like news articles. Um <laughs> uh, I, 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 look, I, I've been so desperate for election news. I've been reading everything. The 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 comment threads on Fox News are by far the best. And I think that if you could, we could we we could we could we could take videos. We could put them out there. You could get like like Shakespearean actors, you know, and I mean like overly dramatic Shakespearean actors, you know, reading them. I think would be would be fantastic. It'd yeah, be way better, way better than that AP thing. Uh, uh, what's his name? Um, God, uh, there's a sir in front of it, right? Patrick Stewart. Pat- Sir Patrick, yeah, Patrick Stewart. Stewart. You can get him to do it. <laughs> yeah, that'd be, that 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 would be great. It'd be way better than listening to people read out the the lyrics to that uh, that, that that WAP song, which was also good. But that's pretty good. Uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I want to switch gears slightly here. So so there's another kind of side to what I, I know that you've been involved with. Um, it's it's a similar vein in terms of localness um but can you talk a little bit about philly open streets and some of the work that you've done there one kind of what it is what the concept is and um i want to dig into some of the the, you know the similarities in terms of using social media and getting people kind of involved and getting people activated um to support local happenings but this is a little bit different because it's not politicized what the open streets phl campaign was about was that uh you know a few years ago um i think it was 2016 uh the pope came to visit and um it was this like crazy security theater episode where like homeland security had like shut down you know different bridges and stuff and um and or roads i don't know if they shut down any bridges but um there were like jersey barriers like all around uh center city like i think they started at south street i want to say and um and then went down to like vine and um and so like the whole area in inside of that like basically all of the central business district uh was a no car zone that turned out to be this huge hit that like everybody like in the weeks leading up to it was like freaking out like people like left town and they thought it was going to be this like nightmare for mm-hmm. you know, the residents living there. Yeah. But then it turned out to be awesome because there were no cars <laughs> at all inside of center city. And you could just like walk around or bike around and, and not, um, you know, really, really be bothered by it. And, and so uh, it, it was, it was such a hit that like all, you know, we, we started like a, a me and a few of my friends who are, were into like bike politics and stuff uh, had started a Popin Streets hashtag that, uh, you know, people were just like posting photos and uh, and stuff like pretty organically of, uh, you know, just like like great street scenes with with good vibes uh, and and, uh, and really kind of popularizing um, this hashtag. And still, we started like an online petition about it to to follow up, um, asking the city to to come up with a program, uh, an open streets program where they would do, um, you know, like shut down like you know big swaths of streets um, on a regular basis. Um, and this wasn't like this wasn't new. Um, it wasn't a new idea. Um, 
it had started, uh, I believe in, in Bogota, Colombia, they, they now are at the point where they shut down um, like miles of streets every single Sunday and oh, people really? just get out and use it, them for, you know, recreation, biking, running around and, and doing whatever. Um, and it's super yeah, popular. We, we, have, we, have, we have that in the summer in San Francisco. They have a Sunday streets and they rotate. Yeah. Um, Sunday streets, streets was one of the first U.S. ones, I believe. Um um, and there had been like a program in New York, Summer Streets in Miami and and a few other places. Um, and Philly was like one of the last ones, uh, truth be told, to to do do that yet. Um, so we were, you know, it wasn't like a, a brand new I- idea or anything, but it was like an opportunity where um, a lot of it was cool. What was cool about it was that like a lot of people uh, actually got to directly experience it. Um, and a lot of times what you find in like you know, bicycle advocacy or like transportation advocacy or housing or, or other things where it's like about the future or the far future. Um, is that like asking people to comment on something that they have not directly experienced yet and are just kind of can kind of like fill in the gap with all their fears, um, you know, doesn't doesn't lead to a lot of political successes. But what ended up happening was, um, you know, a, a few a few months into the the Kenny administration, this was like right around when the the mayors changed over. Um, they came up with a, an actual program uh, called Philly Free Streets, and they um, they've done it a few times. They've you know it's not, not not been as regular as I think the the campaigners had had wanted to see, but um, nonetheless, the, you know they've they put a lot of thought into it. The last couple times they, they closed down like all of North Broad Street between City Hall and like um up up above like temple campus and it was great it was like you know that 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 one was like by far like the most like diverse one uh, you know there was a lot of like you know people wanted to make sure that this event looked like the city and not just like you know for for the um you know the hardcore like athletic bicycle <laughs> right yeah cause they just, and again for people who are listening who aren't have never been to philly shame on you first and foremost and i think a lot of people are going to now come to, to philadelphia more and more for <laughs> because of this parts. podcast yeah for this podcast. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> yeah but what broad is like what it's like it's a it's a four lane you know kind of not essentially a highway that runs through the center of philadelphia you know in, you know bisecting the city hall and yep. it's pretty much like the main street you would see anything filmed in uh for for philly you know it's in trading places and a bunch of other you know crazy philly movies or great philly movies um it's a big one endeavor of those, to one, of those, one of those scenic placement shots so that you know yep. you're in philly exactly yeah. right and it's it's picturesque but you know shutting that down it's you know originally like john said i think a lot of people were more like you know hardcore bike enthusiasts that were you know riding and doing a ride and i think you know i, I grew up in not grew up in philly but been here for quite a while and i remember back on my fixed gear days you know john i think you were in the same yeah. same circles we would take rides that would go from like the art museum to like this Philly pretzel factory, which, you know, again, if you've never been to Philly, we are known for our pretzels shape of a figure eight. They're mostly wet. Um, Washington. Yeah. Wet, wet pretzels, wet pretzels, but they, we would go at midnight when they would serve them and be hot and they'd be fresh and be really, really cheap. You get like 30 pretzels for like, you know, 30 cents or something like that. Um, but th- you know, that was something that I knew a lot about. And then it, kind of petered out and now this you know the open streets shutting down all of broad this major massive um artery it was insane and then you just had you know kind of you know blissful mayhem of people riding around their bikes and just being able to have no cars there was insane that was a cool thing for like getting the city to start to see uh streets as as public spaces more um and 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 try to do things like that and then like you know you wouldn't want to i wouldn't want to say that there's any silver lining or anything to the the pandemic um but what what i think we did see was that you know like many cities uh philadelphia em- embraced you know the idea that you know we're not going to let the whole restaurant industry die here and and they're um they they allowed restaurants to use uh parking spaces and um even in some cases closed uh whole streets for um for uses like outdoor seating um uh, for the you know on like restaurant corridors and um and so what we've seen here since then is that like many of the streets that I would say some of like, you know, the people in my advocacy circles would, would like to see uh, like permanently pedestrianized anyway, like um, like the, the Italian market um, or like Sansom Street in Center City. It's like a kind of an alley, um, 
smaller alley street that cuts through center city and has like a lot of shops on it. Like you're seeing all of those that are like on the overall wish list of like permanent pedestrian streets uh, being used that way uh, during the pandemic in a way that I think is uh, likely to stick. And so um, I think that that would not have happened uh, without like the you know, prior sort of like conceptual advocacy work done by people in that uh, campaign. And, and, and um, one, you know, the way that they did this was that they made it like really easy to get a permit to, to close your street down or, or use like a parking space for just unusual for Philadelphia. Time. Yeah. <laughs> Very, it'd be extremely unusual. Like you would have thought that like, if, if, I mean, they, they have almost 900 of these um, parking lane seating uh, outfits going. And like before then it, it was like, you know, there, there was like an official process to, to do that. A lot of cities have been doing parklets for a long time. It's not a new thing, but they had gotten like, you know, five a year or something like that. It was three or three to five a year. It was like nothing. Nightmare. And then, you just get a cafe license, which just means like, you have tables outside your restaurant and fill. Outside. Yeah, you couldn't it's, do it. You needed a city bloodbath to try to do that. My my wife, you know, is in the scene and in the restaurant she's worked at trying to get those permits. It's it's really like it's it's a it's 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 like a full like you know IRS audit just to get a couple tables outside to have you know more seating and, uh, and nicer yeah. weather. There right. are so many park, parklets in San Francisco. It's like, it's, I was like a war against parking. Yeah. <laughs> so, so um, I know it's getting late. So we have two questions that we, uh, we ask uh, all of our guests. So um, I'm just going to ask you them and you know, just answer them as, as honestly as you can. Sure. <laughs> so the first, que- first question is, do you do anything um, when you're interacting, uh, you know, online or on your mobile devices, what do you do to protect your privacy? Do you, do you do anything? Are you a tinfoil hat kind of person or are you super trusting yeah. and giving random people on Facebook, your emails? What, what, what do you do? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm probably too trusting, you know, I've, I, I, I don't, I kind of put it all out there and, and, and put my, myself out there pretty much. And, and it's worked a lot, um, just for like, becoming like a hub for a lot of this stuff. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I post photos of my kids online. I feel like, you know, that's, uh, some, I know some people who, who don't do that and, and feel uncomfortable with that. I don't know. I, I probably like the, the question reminds me that I probably should uh, do some things like that. <laughs> currently. I, I'm not bringing any judgment. It's just, it's just a question we, we ask everyone. Um, I also post pictures of my kids online. So, and, and I, uh, I'm pretty uh, privacy crazy. Yeah. yeah. So, so I wouldn't worry about that. Other question is, do you ever, you ever Google yourself? And if so, uh, have you ever found anything particularly funny? I don't, I, I can't handle it. Um, it's <laughs> like every so often I, I will like every, I don't know, like a few months ago, like nobody Google my MySpace or anything, but like, you know, I was getting emails from MySpace all of a sudden that were like, like, hey, update your MySpace profile. Like, fuck, Russians. MySpace profile is still out there. Like, well, you know, I don't know. It's uh, it's distressing, and I, I still haven't like shut it down. I probably don't remember the password, but but nobody should should look that up. Okay. <laughs> but, but it doesn't uh, exist. I, don't worry about it. <laughs> I, I have an old Live Journal page that still lists my old AIM and Yahoo Messenger. Uh, <laughs> handles on it you know if you guys, if you guys want to get up get to me on aol instant message let me tell you uh it's not going to work because it doesn't exist anymore john geating thank you so much for uh being uh, the 10th guest or ninth guest on uh you're on mute thank you very much thanks for having me yeah thanks for coming john All right. So thanks for the conversation with John Gideon that we just had for episode 10. You know, most of what I think about and what we think about in our day to day is really more about like mass communication and mass advertising. And uh, it was very interesting to, to hear how you can do get people involved very, very locally, like hyper locally. Um, but it was also interesting that 
you know, he could just ask people for their email address on Facebook and people would give it to him. But I guess, I guess if you, uh, if you're really passionate about, you know, whether or not the bus stop is covered or not, um, then you're willing to give people your email address on Facebook. But I, I, I just thought that was, that was crazy. Um, but, you know, if you're, again, like, if you're really focused on these little hyper-local things that, that people really care about, then, then I guess, I guess it all makes sense. Yeah. I mean, so I think the main takeaway for me was that, you know, the things that happen around you and the conversations that you have specifically in terms of, um, such a heated political, um, environment makes, is important. Um, and not even just that, you know, he's talking about things like having a beer garden be put in that he thought would be good for the community, which I agree. I've been to that beer garden. I, I enjoy the fruits of the labor. It was an empty lot before. There's not a huge amount of residential properties around that. Uh, and being able to just use social media in terms of, hey, I want a beer garden. And then being able to delve into all of the other um, information, all the other information they put out about themselves in terms of their social profile. And usually, and he did use that to build friendships and relationships and collect actual um, identity data from these people to build email lists. And I, again, another second takeaway for me was the power of the email list, the power of the CRM, which I know we've talked about many times in the show previously with, with Julie Fleischer. Um, it's great. You know, it's it does a lot of good work. And I think we take it for granted in terms of um, email. I know I'm immersed in email constantly. So when I email people outside of work, it's, I don't really want to, um, <laughs> I don't know. It's just, I don't, I don't want to communicate that way since it's this language I used to speak in my business world. Um, but he's used it to really drive a lot of large lists that have driven a lot of movement, um, in Philadelphia. Yeah, it was really, it, 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 again, it, it's just, fascinating that you can still do that on the internet. Um, I guess I'm just, I'm really surprised, you know, the, so much of the internet has become so caustic. Um, like I used to, you know, hang out on message boards and like make friends on, you know, in, in the comments, uh, on, on postings. Right. Uh, but now the, everything is so like everything immediately turns into a, red versus blue, yeah. uh, you know, no matter what the, po I mean, the post could be on, you know, like what flavor of candy is more popular this year. And someone will turn it into a, a, a some sort of political diatribe immediately. So it, it, it's actually nice to hear that you can still make connections right um, on the internet and you can still build relationships that way. Cause and that 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 was most of my you know my twenties. But to be fair, I think most of the relationship building is is you know blue. To be completely frank, because I know his political stance, and I know he works uh, on the Democratic side of of the of the ecosystem. Um, so he is using that at least to identify a swath of people um, that have that same political belief. And, I, I, again, I guess that's a good point. I guess that's a good point. But again, is, I don't know if it's better or for worse. It, it's, I think we sugarcoated it a lot in terms of, I, I don't even know how, how I think about this. It's so hard because I have so many, not even friends, mostly relatives, mostly acquaintances who think a certain way specifically on that scale. Right. Uh, and this made it so much more polarizing this year. Obviously we can all agree on the conversations we've had, the tough ones with many people that we love and care about. Um, but it's almost for someone who doesn't like people generally, it's a lot easier to use that as just a barometer to say, just not engage initially. You've other, otherwise, you're kind of meandering down this like, you know, conversations about weather or sports before you get to, oh, this person's just racist. Uh, you know what I mean? You just <laughs> kind of get to the point a lot quicker. Um, and that can be, I think, for better or for worse. I think we're, we, we definitely hit a pivoting pivot point. In, in society in the United States. And it's going to be interesting to see how this, this unfolds either goes one direction or multiple. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I will, I will be very, I will be very curious to see whether the discourse in general changes over the next few months. Um, it'll be really interesting to see if we can, you know, and you know, they, they say you can never go back home, but I, 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 I wouldn't mind going back to a time where, you know, 
you could actually have conversations. True. Uh, and again, but it's tough because there's that back to that time was still a little bit of, you know, wool over the eyes, sugar coatedness, right? There's still these dark things that live and lurk in the corners of a lot of people's minds. And uh, again, I don't know. I just feel like it's just accelerated this, this kind of um, personality change in a lot of people. You, you put, you put a certain sign on your lawn, your neighbors see it, you've waved that flag. Um, and it's going to be really hard to walk that back. Um, if that's something that, that your neighbors are using as the, the, the black and white kind of, um, measurement stick that, that, that they will use to engage with you in the future. I, I, I don't know. Uh, it's, it's, it's tough. And that's one of those things, religious, religion, politics, things you shouldn't talk about in social settings. It kind of makes a lot of sense now why you don't do that because you never know where that's going to lead. Yeah, we should just just no one ever talk about anything, and that'll just be keep safer. your shit to yourself unless it's something <laughs> that's going to lift someone else up. I mean, I'm serious though, and I think that's a huge part of why I wanted to bring John on because I think how much local conversations, local community means whether you're in a big city, a small town. Um, it makes a difference, not only in terms of yeah, you, you're going to maybe potentially increase a certain v- v- voter response but i think just day to day i think it's it's really important for you to know and communicate with those who surround you but also get involved in politics i think that's also something that's a, a big major takeaway like i've tried my hand in that it's we talked about it in the episode um it, it was tough for me to to move that slowly in terms of local government um but i, I still encourage anyone who who had a tough time this year and wants to make a difference then stand up and it's really easy like John said you get 12 people to like you or support the same, you know, vision or 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 concepts that you have, you can run for office and probably get elected. If if there's something that you're passionate about doing and making changes at the local level, I think that you should definitely do that. All right, I think we I think we talked about everything we need to talk about in in episode <laughs> 10. Um the normal sign-offs, I just want to make sure that we thank all of you for for listening. Um, we're coming up towards the end of the year and I'm going into, you know, uh, only a couple months before my kid is born. So this may be the last episode of the, of this, of the year. Maybe not. We'll, 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 we'll try to squeeze know. one more in, but yeah, you know. maybe a holiday episode. We'll talk about some things that relates to, to the holiday. I gave you a little bit of sneak peek in terms of, um, <laughs> the invention or the creation of, of, uh, Santa Claus. Um, yeah, but again, uh, we would love to fill the last episode with, with information, um, you know, or answers to questions that you have. So again, um, reach out to us, contact at you're on visit you're on um, ask us questions. Yeah. Um, Call us. but also like us, share us, you know, rate us, whatever you need to do, um, to, to show your support for us. It goes a long way. Uh, and again, you can do any of that across any of the, the portals or apps, <laughs> uh, or browsers that you're using, um, to listen to, to you're on mute. Um, again, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, um, Stitcher, any of those um, has our content. Uh, please feel free to listen and let us know what you think. Yes, please. <laughs>